Hey, welcome to another great episode of The Big Ticket Life. Uh, this time you're watching this. If you've been following along, fan of mine, if you've been paying attention to the episodes, watching them, listening to them, uh, you know that this week, February 21st, uh, when you're watching this, I am recovering from uh, pretty, pretty hefty knee replacement surgery. So we took the effort to uh, record the show in advance. And that's been the thing about the Big Ticket Life show is I made a commitment to myself and, and my amazing production team, Chris and his team at Cast Ahead, to be consistent. And I think that's one of the biggest things in leadership and business is consistency. Be consistent with this show, produce a show every week, produce a video show, and really live stream as many as we can because it's just a really great dynamic. You get a lot from that effort. We get video recordings. We can make reels, all this really great stuff. And um, so here I am coming to you this week. Uh, well, I am uh, convalescing, I guess you could say, um, with uh, my new knee. And I'm very excited about my new knee. I'll tell you that right now. It's a positive thought I'm putting into my head. So thank you for joining me again. Uh, this is a solo show because we're going to go pretty deep, pretty personal. Uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, there's a lot out there in social media right now about being authentic. And, um, I'm going to, uh, share some stuff with you that I hope can help you, can help those around you. And, um, uh, just kind of give those that know me maybe a little glimmer into, uh, what makes Jeff tick and why. All right. So. Um, so that's what we're going to spend our time on today. And, uh, you know what, let's, uh, let's dig into that. So, uh, I felt for me, I, I would title this episode, uh, the space for leadership. Um, and what I'm talking about here is really turning your trauma, your stress that you carry with you into growth, uh, for yourself and for those you lead. Okay. And, um, this is an important topic to me. It's something that's really been um, a revelation for me in the last handful of months, really, really the last year, I guess I could say. Uh, I've been working through how to discuss these things, bring these things forward, and really uh, understand it um, and not carry this stuff around anymore because it's pretty, pretty hefty stuff. And uh, I'm sure you might have things like that in your life. And I want to say I'm going to share things with you today that are pretty deep. So before we go too much further, I want to be respectful of that. I want to be mindful of you didn't maybe ask for this episode. It might be hitting your ears and eyeballs um, as you're scrolling through your feed, going through your podcast list. So we're going to be talking about sexual abuse today. We're going to be talking about a lot of emotional and mental abuse today. So if those things for you are tough, if they if you're just not able to handle it, uh, maybe... Uh, Maybe go to a different episode today. Maybe uh, turn off the the feed, I guess you could say. Um, I just want to be respectful of that. The other thing I want to talk about is this is not, nothing I'm going to share today is meant for me to uh, be in a position of, you know, my past is heftier, bulkier, worse, more evil than your past. Um, you know, since I've been talking more publicly about about these topics, about my history, my past, uh, I've come to, uh, you know, I was kind of talking about it in a dog whistle kind of way, right? Like that turning trauma, right? That dog whistle language. I get people come up and, and, and that's been enough to move them to share what their past has been. And I feel that this is kind of a calling for me. It's, it's these things in life. They, you know, there's a saying out there that 
they don't happen to us, they happen for us. And I take that a step further. I take what I'm going to share with you as maybe this was put on me because I could handle it. Because my dynamic, my brilliance, my ability is to stand in that gap, take those arrows and lead and lead with it. And, and, and as we get through this today together, I think you'll understand a little more. Um, so before, you know, I just kind of wanted to get that out. What, what today's show is all about. We're going to go deep. We're going to go personal, certainly authentic, I guess you could say, but it's just, it's just me. It's just what I got. And, um, you know, I'm going to, I guess we'll, we'll move forward. So you've been fairly warned. Want to be respectful of that. And, uh, the thing about a competition when we're all spread out, laid out on the highway of trauma, it's not about saying, well, I'm, I'm worse off than you. And, and you've just got this. If there's things that affect you, they affect you. And my hope today from our time together today would be that you're able to, uh, think about it differently and maybe let go of some of it. That's my goal. So. And I'm driving slides for the first time today, folks. So you're getting a whole new dynamic and layer of the show. So the first thing I want to talk about is this, this idea of the shield and the sword. And I want you to think about as a leader, right? A lot of this is through the context of your leadership. Now, your leadership might be with your family, it might be with your friends, might be with your community, but most likely it's with the business you're in, the team you lead, the business you own. You know, and I'll put this image in your mind of you know, like an epic hero type movie, right? Where there are swords and shields. There's always a turning point, almost always a turning point in which the hero is up against the villain or the foe and the sword of the foe swings down on them and it's a shield that blocks it. Maybe it's a forearm, um, but that turning point isn't offense for the hero. It's not an offensive maneuver. It's a shield that creates space. And that's a theme I want to talk about today, about using what's against us, what's happened, and in thinking about it that we carry it, we got to deal with it, but maybe we can create space for others around us to come in because we understand what they've gone through. We understand what that letdown in life is like as a child, as a teenager, as an adult. We get it and we've been there. And as leaders, we're called upon to lead in that way. So creating that space, instead of being on offense, right, which is how I spent a lot of my time as a, as a young man, as a business leader, being on offense, my way or the highway, very aggressive, you know, screw your feelings, I don't care. You know, it wasn't a good way to go. It created a lot of consternation, created a lot of struggle and strife, didn't create a lot of success. But when you allow this space to exist around you and you own it and you control it and you can kind of defend against anything that might come against you, it, it's, a, it's a real interesting, freeing, uh, peaceful dynamic, right? So think about that, right? Short of the sealed, you're short or, <laughs> confusing the words, sword or the shield. Um, you know, some days you might need both, but most days, Use that shield to create that space and, and kind of seize a moment, save a moment, and bring other people in around you. The next thing I want you to think about is that new cuts don't equal old scars. And uh, this is where uh, I'm going to kind of get deep. So for me, um, I was a victim of sexual abuse as a child from the ages of 7 to about 12. And it was very violent. Um, 
is very difficult, obviously. Uh, it was from a family friend. Um, innocence was, you know, the innocence of childhood was taken away. And it really, yeah, it really changes a person. It really changes everything. And it was, it was terrible. It was terrible where and, and around, uh, and how it happened because it was around video games. It was around computers. So some days just standing in front of a computer, I, I, I point down. I mean, if you're listening to this, I record this show as a video as well. So you might check that out on YouTube or LinkedIn or Facebook where we stream it. Um, you can check it out on the website, but, uh, I, I just bring that up because I'm pointing to my laptop. Some days sitting in front of a computer is just a battle. It's just very, very difficult because that's where, that's where some of the roughest stuff happened. And, um, I'm not able to play video games with my sons because of it. I tried once, uh, during, uh, the pandemic and, uh, basically had, I didn't even realize what it was at the time, but I had a coughing fit so bad. I turned purple, like couldn't breathe, you know, basically like to the point of swallowing your tongue type of coughing fit. Uh, and that was a physical reaction to a new environment that I hadn't been in for a long, long time. And, um, and so that's how it goes for me. That's my past. And that abuse followed me when we moved from Canada to Pennsylvania because the person was a family friend and they came to visit a handful of times. So I couldn't even escape it with 500 miles of distance. But the most damaging thing, and this is why this, this new cuts doesn't equal old scars thing. Uh, I shouldn't say most damaging on par with that damage was there was a moment in time when we still lived in Canada in which my family, the perpetrator's family, and another family, uh, yeah, I think a church family, I think it was around the holidays, if my memory serves me correct. As you can imagine, some things are like forefront of the mind and other things are very blurry. Um, but I specifically remember a uh, perpetrator sitting there on the sofa with his daughter, just messing with her, not like bugging her, right? Like as parents sometimes do. Um, nothing bad, nothing sexual, nothing like that. However, here, here's what was said. And this is, this is what frames the thought of that new cuts doesn't equal old scars. Uh, the perpetrator's wife says, is he molesting you? Now that was said, that question was asked in front of five other adults in the room. On some level today, I think his wife knew, and that was her moment of something led up to that moment before we got there, maybe the day or two prior where her suspicions were just at an all-time high. And that was her way of, of outing the situation. And it didn't work. It didn't work because nobody said anything. Obviously, the perpetrator wouldn't have done it. Um, he wouldn't have said anything. Uh, my parents didn't say anything and the other folks didn't say anything. And for me, it was that moment in time and the subsequent ride home when nothing was said and it was on the tip of my tongue to bring it up. Like all I had to say was, I had just repeated, is he molesting you? And then my parents would have likely turned around and said, what are you talking about? And all I would have to say, well, he does that to me and worse. And uh, that's all that would have had to happen. But that step is so damn hard and I get it. Like I get, I understand what it's like if you're dealing with this stuff, if you're dealing with anything that's like really set you back, traumatized you, I, I get it. I get what that first step is like. 
But it was that moment of words not meeting actions that I realize now uh, came across that a few years ago that that was it. And anytime an action doesn't meet the words that should, uh, the actions don't meet, I'm sorry, getting a little tongue tied up here. Whenever the words are said and the actions don't follow for me for years, I'd fly off the handle. It manifested one day in my business. I, something didn't go right with the team and I flew out of the parking lot and hit 65 miles an hour as I left the parking lot onto a, a street that's very busy. I could have killed somebody. Uh, not proud of it, but that, that, that's just one example of so many. And it's that theme of those actions failing to meet the words or failing to meet what should happen or what we want to have happen. So these new cuts don't equal old scars. We have to just understand that, that it's not, it's not the, it's not the person hurting us that's in front of us today. It's not our team, you know, not doing the work as we want, not hitting the goals as we want, not following the process procedure as we want. Yeah, those things are happening, but they aren't those people. And if I could stress to you that don't internalize it that way as best you can and let yourself go that it's, it's not those people in that moment. They aren't the ones that hurt you. It's what you're bringing forward. It's what you've internalized from all of it that's happened since. So new cuts don't equal old scars. That's about, I think, as authentic as I can get on that topic. Just sharing that with you. Um, it might, for people that know me, and this is news to you, probably, you're probably like, oh, well, that makes sense. Um, I'm no longer ashamed. I'm no longer embarrassed. This is public. This is live on the internet. It could get shared, could get copied. People could download the video and make anything out of it they want. That's where I'm at. I'm not going to let this, I'm not going to let this, uh, control me anymore. I'm just done with it, but it's still there. And another analogy that I, that I use is that, uh, you know, you think about this stuff, uh, and some days you can put it in a bag, right? Like some days it could be nice, tight, little compact bag. You can sling over your shoulder, put around your waist, put in your pocket. Some days that trauma looks like that, feels like that. You could pack it away. You could set it down in a corner, right? You could put it on your kitchen table. You're not going to throw it away because you can't ever forget. But some days you can manage it like that. It's real easy. Other days it's a backpack, a little heavier, right? Strapped to your shoulders. Other days it might be a luggage bag you roll around. Some days it's heavier like a luggage bag, but it's just a little easier. So it's got those little swivel wheels that really glide around, make it easy. But then other days, it's just like a hundred pound rucksack on your back with no gel pads in the shoulders. They're just cutting in there. It weighs on you. It drags you down. You feel like you can't move. You turn around, you knock things over. It's this thing that exists upon you. And I get that. And maybe that analogy can help you think of how to handle what's happened in your past and how you bring this forward. Because I think as leaders, my belief of what happened to me 
happened for me, not to me. It did happen to me, but it happened for me. Like why out of all those victims, when one does commit suicide and one doesn't, why is that? Is there maybe a reason why that evil was put upon me to now be here today and share with you? And I believe that. I believe that because when I first brought this out in public on November 21st of 2023, at my friend Lisa Marie Platsky's Upside Summit event, which is a direct plug. I'm not ashamed of that. You want to change your life, you'll connect with her. Um, I believe in that moment, it was affirmation that this is what I'm called to do. Because just when I talked about it in that dog whistle language of trauma, it opened up people's eyes and they felt connected to me in a way that they'd never felt connected to before. And so as leaders, we got to think about that. We got to think about that space. That's why I started out. You can carry that sword or you can carry a shield. It's up to you. Um, being on offense is cool, right? Striking first is cool sometimes in the right arena, but I can guarantee you creating space around those you love and care for and lead. That's a better way to go. And that's the shield. And to me, that's the true calling of leadership, right? Like this is what I believe. I believe, and it may be really weird to say it. It may hurt you to hear this as a survivor of abuse, sexual abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse, mental abuse. It may hurt you to hear this, but to me, I believe my path was, it happened for me for this reason. I'm standing here right now to talk about this. And I'm not the first person to come out and talk about this. And I won't be the last, unfortunately. But there's a stigma around this for men, for sure. It's awful for women, for sure. Uh, there's been other men I'm connected to in life that have shared this, uh, maybe not as publicly. They've shared in private groups and that's cool. That's powerful for them and I'm happy for them. But I believe my calling is to come out and be out in front and stand in the gap because I've got the shoulders to do it, you know, physically, literally, and, uh, you know, from an analogy standpoint, the ability to sit here and have this conversation and hopefully bring you in around it. Hopefully have you go into the environments that you work, that you live in, that you love in, the relationships that you have and make that space. That's the true calling of leadership to me. Cause that healing that you can give others. And I'm, and, and, and I am not in any way saying you should go to your tea. You should go to your friends and say, Hey, has anybody ever did anything really evil and terrible to you? Let's talk about it. That is not a topic of a meeting at all. You should, in fact, try to stay as far away from stuff like that as possible. But maybe there's layers of opportunity for you to share your life, share your story, be a little more connected to your people so they understand how you tick. They understand, oh, okay, this manager, yeah, they get a little hot under the collar and okay, they just gave me a glimpse as to want. Right? And They'll, you'll see something pretty special because I've seen it. It's happened. And when you do it, it's freeing. Uh, the likelihood that you help others heal is just tremendous. And then that understanding that you'll have between the two of you really kind of in a way becomes healing for yourself. Right. So I share all of that. Again, I'll say, please do not go and, and think this is great content for the next company meeting. Uh, cause it's not, 
Uh, this is your story, your journey that you choose to share with people you trust and an environment you trust at the right time. And that's just where I'm at. So that's what I'm doing now. And uh, I'm sharing this with the world, technically. But with what I've been through, there ain't nothing else that can come against me that's any worse. And that's just where I'm at. So that is, to me, that is the calling of my leadership. And I would challenge you with your leadership in the way you think about it and the ways that you can bring people in and around you. And, you know, my other slides were really cool. If you're, if you're listening to this, I say often it always pays to watch the big ticket life show because we put on a really great looking show. Uh, my previous slides were really kick ass. This is like typical corporate boilerplate, this one, because I couldn't find a, a thematic compliment for finding the purpose in business. But I, I'm a big believer that the purpose of my businesses are supporting the communities who support me. And that word community stretches the people around me, my business partners, and the various things I have interest in and in ownership in. It's the people that I employ. They're my community. And this mindset, this thought process, I hope you could see immediately shifts your purpose in business. Now, again, I'm not going to be walking around in life Hi, I'm Jeff Janakovo. I'm a sexual abuse survivor. That's not, I'm not going to be doing that. It's a part of who I am, but in the right rooms at the right times, I'll, I'll be talking about this because people need this. I mean, the stats are one in six men survive sexual abuse as a, as a youth and one in four women. That's a lot of people. I mean, think about that. Think about the next time you're in a group of 30, 30 men, say a, a more men, specific event, the likelihood that five people have gone through what I've gone through um, in some way, it's a big number. Um, now translate that to one in four women, and it's even more. And the purpose of your business can become understanding. It can become Creating that, I'm going to repeat it multiple times, creating that space to bring others in to your mission and into your belief system. And I think when we create that space, we have more opportunity to listen. We have more opportunity to understand. And our society desperately, desperately needs that right now. So for me, this becomes not some corporate-y sounding cool adjectives that you played 25-cent wordsmith with around your purpose. It's like, it's like in your heart, it's in your chest, it's in your blood. It's because it's who you are. And when you can exude that and bring that passion forward in a positive way to first help others, to deliver value to others. But then if you've got an opportunity to help others heal, because that's what our world needs. I mean, you don't have to look very far to understand that. That healing is, is powerful. It's really, really powerful. And that can be a purpose within the business and for yourself. And this is kind of dovetails in, right? This is again, another one of my corporate slides, not as good as the first few, but I believe this shift from success to significance is important. I believe the shift from dropping that wheat 
even if it is a hundred pound rucksack with nasty straps that hurt when you lug it, I would challenge to anybody listening who's hearing what I'm saying and like choking up, unable to move forward in their head. You can drop that bag right where you're at. It ain't going to go away. But you can make the move, right? Take those shoulder straps off and just let it drop behind you. Um, you still might have to look at it. Still might be present in the room you're in. I get that. I live that. But I can tell you the shame and embarrassment that you feel uh, when you share that out is not as scary. At least it wasn't for me. It's not as scary as you think it is. And I'm getting a little choked up now for some reason. The hardest part about sharing my past and the details of it was not in that room of 70, 80 people. It wasn't with my business partners and my team. It wasn't even with my wife. It was with my sons. It was with my sons because I knew I'd be able to tell because I know the look. I know the look of what surviving looks like. And I worked my ass off to protect my sons. And when I told them, I was happy because they didn't have the look. And the responses made me proud. Had to kind of rein back one of them a little bit. <laughs> but uh, I can tell you that that shame and embarrassment you feel about whatever trauma it is that you're holding, whatever happened, um, it is yours. I get it. You carry it. I get it. Um, it's likely maybe you're the only one who knows it. I understand what that feels like. But if you can share that out with somebody, that first step, that first step, you'll, you'll take it. It'll happen. And, and then you're free because the second step forward is so much easier. So that shift from success to significance happens in business when you take it to heart and really dig into what you're here for, what's happened, why it's happened, what you can do with it. That shift from success to significance on your own might just be that first step. And maybe that's the only step you need to take and not do what I'm doing. And that's okay. Not asking that of anybody. Would never dream of it. But for yourself, that first step is, uh, is very, very significant for yourself. And I hope you can take it and, you know, you can connect with me through these channels that you're listening, that you're watching. You, uh, my website, you can contact me. Please do. If you need help with that first step, I'll listen. That's it. I'm not your counselor. I'm not offering that, not in any way, shape, or form. I'm not that person. But I am that person that's been scattered out like an accident on the highway with a head-on collision with something you didn't want. I'm, I'm there. I've done it. And we're not going to weigh who's got it worse or who's got it better. But I can be there with you. 
And, and I think that's, that's, I, I don't think I know that's where my calling is, uh, as it relates to leadership in this world. Because, you know, for me with a broken family, it's, it really is my greatest goal. And I work at it every day. And uh, I would say I probably fail more days than I actually succeed. Um, because my family growing up was broken, broken. Um, when you sit in your home with your sisters and you plan to have your biological father, my dad, harmed because you're planning that out with this new man in your mother's life because that's the emotional and mental manipulation you go through. That shatters your semblance of family. Um, thankfully, I had a great man and my maternal grandfather, this guy over my shoulder here in the frame, to be a great example of what family can look like. And that's been able to stick with me. And, and family doesn't need to mean blood. It can mean friends. It can be your birth family. It can mean the people you work with. It could mean your friends. But we need to pass on our greatness with those around us and those we love and care for. And for me, my greatest goal is my boys to grow up and have families of their own. Yeah, my last name, Janakovo, it's kind of like, uh, the lyrics from Johnny Cash's song, A Boy Named Sue, you got to earn that name. And we want you to know that name. And we're working on that. And that's not from a position of arrogance. For me, it's from a position of greatness. I want people to see the good people we are, the goodness that we put back into this world, and how we lead as people. And again, that's true leadership to me. You know, this, this balance is a fool's journey. This is my, if you're listening along, this is my next slide. Um, again, pays to watch the show. And I don't monetize the show. So it's not like I'm even making any money driving viewers or anything like that. It just, it's a good, it's a good experience for a podcast show. I think to take it in. You're using, anytime you use two senses together, you get a better experience. So audio, visual, right? But this whole concept of balance, right? This goes back to my analogy of what you're carrying around like baggage, right? People chase this definition of balance. First of all, they chase balance by someone else's definition. That someone else may not have lived your life. Maybe they did. Maybe they've been able to handle their past better or worse than you. Maybe they had a better or worse support network than you. That thing of balance Chasing balance, I think it's that fool's journey. Because even when you balance out the scale, the left side, the right side's balance on that old school brass scale. You perfectly balance something on a scale, two equal parts. The reading is zero. I don't want zero of anything at all. I guess I'm, I guess we want to look for equilibrium and. Again, when I go back to how we think about our past, how we think about the things that bother us, the things that hurt us, the things that framed us, it's that balance that some days it could be this smaller package. We can't forget it. We can't throw it out. I get that, but we can put it down. 
Sometimes it's a little more concise and tight and easy to look at and handle, and other times it's really rough. But that chasing of balance um, creates a lot more stress, a lot more pressure. And insisting on that balance for those around you probably isn't that good either because you don't understand the inputs on either side of their scale. Again, that's why I feel I've been, the calling for me is to share my story, all of it. The evil part, the bad part, all of it. You know, going back to the words and actions thing, not only was sitting in that living room hearing the words, is he molesting you? In that moment, being on cloud nine, because like this guy's gonna get found out and I don't have to say anything. The adults will come around me, take me away. And this person's never in my life again. So that failed. Then nothing was said privately. And I don't, I'm not upset at my parents. I'm not upset at those other adults. I'm not even upset. And subsequently, later in life as a teenager and young adult, when I share with my mother, with my father, and with my, my grandfather, who I adore. I'm not even disappointed and upset with them because they just didn't have the capacity. They didn't have the tools um, to understand. And they weren't able to properly help. They weren't able to properly balance the conversation in front of them. But again, that was moments of words and actions just not coming together. They couldn't act in that moment. And so as a leader, for me, I'm trying to listen a lot more and create that space around the people I care about, the people I lead, the people I love, the people I have connection to, and bring them in and around that space and my cause for leadership, my cause for purpose in anything I do. And I'm not going to get into specifically what they are, because for each facet of my life, each one of those facets has a different purpose. But for me, that balance of things has always been difficult because there hasn't been a proper foundation around it. Um, so just understand, let go of that chase um, for balance. Maybe let go of that baggage. Again, that might be really hard to hear, and I can understand that. I held on to it for 31 years. 31 years of a 43-year life. Um, and, and if I go back to when it began, even longer. So uh, 38? No. Whatever 43 minus 7 is, what's that number? 36. 36 years. So I get it. I do get it. I do understand it. Don't put yourself on a journey you don't need to chase where the reward's not there. So, you know, I look to wrap up our time together um, in this episode, and I know it's been heavy, and I appreciate you hearing me. I hope listening has meant something to you. You know, creating this, this shield for yourself, I'll go back to, again, that space. My image on the screen now is kind of that heroic moment. Uh, maybe this, this hero in war is running, all of his brothers around him are on the ground, cannot help, cannot get up, might be dead. But he's got that shield in front of him and he's ready to throw that spear. That's the image on the screen right now. Again, 
it, it, it's that space that creates the moment. It's that space that creates belonging and, and invites other people in. And if we're not creating that space for the people we care for, the people we lead, who is? Who is that person? Who is leading them? That's, to me, I'm going to be talking a lot about this true calling of leadership going forward. It's how I'm going to look at people. It's going to be a new measuring stick for me. You know, I posted on my social media channels the other night to stress test your network. Um, you know, if you, if your doctor thinks you might have an artery clogged, you go through a battery of tests, you do a treadmill, you do an incline stair stepper, they put weights on you, um, hook you up to all these doodads and they're stress testing your body, stress test your network, right? And that doesn't mean as you grow that you turn your back on friends and family. It doesn't mean that at all. It just means they have different impact in your life at that moment. For me, one of the stress tests is I'm going to be looking at people from the space they create. How do they listen? How do they bring people in? Are there other successful people around them? Do they make people successful? You know, um, the quality of their work is told through their customer stories, as an example. How does that leader lead? What's that space they create? I would ch really challenge you with that. Um, challenge you with that immensely to think about how you operate. Are you on offense all the time or are you creating that space to bring other people in? And it's not a hero complex to save the day. It's actually a hero complex to help other people heal. Because again, remember, like, I'll repeat it again. I, I never want somebody to say that the thing that would hurt me the most, damn it, the thing that would hurt me the most throughout all of this journey I'm on and embarking on would be to have somebody come up to me and say, Jeff, I really appreciate you, but I didn't go through what you went through. That would be the thing that would hurt me the most, hands down. Because I'm not in a contest with you. You could have had uh, an amazing family upbringing. But that one time you were so proud of a school report or a project, you threw yourself into it, but you got a C or you got a grade mom and dad didn't expect. And they happened to be having a bad day. And that moment was just the moment for release. And that moment of why wasn't it an A? right? Changed for you, changed you, changed everything, your view of that relationship, the view of how you put work in, your, your risk reward belief. That's, that's you. And, and if it affects you, it affects you. I get it. I'm not going to weigh it out. And that would, that would bother me. So if you feel something from our time together, you feel something from this episode, I would ask you to really consider and, and try not to weigh your stuff against other people's stuff because that's not making space at all. That's, that's definitely swinging a sword. That's definitely throwing a spear and you're going to do more damage and you might do a lot of damage to somebody. Again, that's why I said, please don't, please don't make this your next corporate meeting. Please don't make this the next topic for your weekly roundup. Um, you lead with it. 
and you let other people know the composition, the DNA of who you are as a leader, your experience as a leader, as a person in life here, and you, you create that space and you let people walk into it. That's how you kind of set up your own leader shield. You know, and for me, the legacy of things is important. Um, my family name is, is interesting. Janakovo isn't even real. It's an Ellis Island creation and insert. Our name actually is Janakovo. My great-grandfather was not a good man. He decided he wanted to be single in America and had my great-grandmother committed to the mental asylum because in the Catholic Church, the only way you get divorced is through insanity or infidelity, and he couldn't prove infidelity. But he could bribe the priest for insanity, and that's what happened. So my great-grandmother gets shipped off. Shipped off my, my grandfather and his siblings, which I believe were 10, but might have been seven. And he didn't even know how many he had because he was four. He gets shipped off and orphaned to a farm in Quakertown, Pennsylvania as a child laborer. Um, and works as a child laborer on that farm with very little education at the age of 16 and runs away, finds his mother. She tragically perishes at 18 when he's 18 in a fire. Our family is fractured. We have no heritage. I'm building it. That's my calling with my family. I'm building my legacy in business. From the successes, uh, all the things my grandfather was up against. I'm, this is my paternal grandfather now I'm referencing to. All the things he was up against. This is a man who... Uh, you can think about my grandfather this way. Every time you do laundry, that pour spout in your plastic laundry detergent bottle, that was my grandfather that designed that. You know, and uh, huh, kind of getting some chills right now. I wouldn't, I often joke I wouldn't be here today had he not been so bullheaded because when Johnson & Johnson came to him and said, we want to buy that and we want to treat you right because we know you don't have a patented, please hear us, we'll take care of you. He said, now nah, I'll go it on my own. And they took it. I wouldn't be here today if he wasn't so pigheaded and bullheaded because I'd be a trust fund kid. But that wasn't my path in life. And you, when you really sit back and think, and that's why I love this image that's on the screen. It's a father and son looking at a Grand Canyon. When you, when you sit back and you look at the time to create the Grand Canyon, you sit back and you start thinking about all those steps in the journey to bring forth our family, the birth of myself through my parents, what happened to me. I don't know that you can call that anything else but intentional. And that, again, it might really hurt for some people to hear that. I've got the ability to say it. And I know maybe you don't. And that doesn't make you bad. It doesn't make, it doesn't make me better. It's just, this is my carve out in this world. This is all the things that have aligned for me to be in this point to help people heal and help people address these traumas in their past and actually work with them. I'm never going to get out of business, but I really feel that, uh, um, my calling is to help business leaders help those around them create their own legacy, even if it's with just one person, even if it's with that person they bring on their team who was really struggling. They shared as a leader some of their past, 
Six months later, they've ebbed and flowed through struggle and success, struggle and success, and they're back in that struggle. And they finally maybe one day step into that space and say, you know what? Hey, can I get 10 minutes with you? I want to talk about what you shared six months ago. And maybe that understanding and that space you create is going to let that person heal because they can share whatever's on their mind, whatever happened. Because I, yeah, again, the numbers, the numbers say if you've got a team of, of six or more men and a team of four or more women, you've got this level of trauma and emotional struggle around you. Um, just that's what the numbers say. So that legacy you created, you might have a fantastic family. You might be, have been born into money, born into legacy, and it's cemented fantastic. What else can you go create? What else can you understand that maybe you're part of this bigger journey, bigger than yourself, bigger than your business, bigger than your current leadership? What bigger space can you go create to help others, bring them in and help them heal? That would be my challenge for you. On that note, I'm going to look to wrap up this week's time together. I really appreciate it. Um, I hope that by the time we watch this and listen to this, I'm well on the way to healing. You talk about baggage. I've been carrying around this bad knee from a bad operation for 25 years. And uh, I, I'm real happy to know that by the time you watch this, I'll be on the mend uh, physically from that. And uh, I really hope today connected with you on some level, even if it's not for you, but you know somebody might be struggling um, with some of the things we've talked about. You suspect it. You know, maybe think about sharing it with them if you feel that's the right thing to do. That would be just tremendous because uh, it might help them take that first step. And that's what I'll leave you with this week. Go take that first step, whatever it is. First step into better leadership. First step into your own healing. That first step of shedding that shame and embarrassment. That first step of dropping that rucksack on your back. Um, that first step into the true calling of your own leadership. We'll see you next time on The Big Ticket Life. Take care. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode of The Big Ticket Life. You've heard from another amazing guest living their own Big Ticket Life, and now it's time to live yours. First, I'd love for you to take me up on my free gift to you. Find your gift at gift.thebigticketlife.live. That's gift.thebigticketlife.live. See, all your life you've been told what is and what is impossible by the loudest voices from the cheapest seats. It's time to finally do life and business on your terms. Sure, you've heard similar things, but without clarity on what can be done, it's easy to have your customers, employees, maybe even partners and your spouse keep you from truly living a big ticket life. My big ticket methods shift you into that investor seat in your business, away from commodity and away from competition into a market of one so you can finally live your own big ticket life. So my gift to you is for you to book your discovery call today where we'll uncover first the Chivo behaviors, those chief everything officer behaviors that hold you back and why moving into the investor seat in your own business is critical. Two, we'll uncover the premium position that's up for grabs right now in your market that you're missing out on. And three, which big ticket methodologies are just waiting to be dropped into your business to explode your sales and profits. So again, thanks for listening to this episode. I'd love for you to take action right now. Accept this gift. Book your call. Go to gift.thebigticketlife.live. Again, that's gift.thebigticketlife.live.